I'm Miss W, and I'm a teacher. And I'm Mrs. B, and I'm a teacher. Teaching really is an art, but with our actual degrees and experience in schools, we have a BS in education. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here, right now, today. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here, right now, today. It's a BS in education. Welcome to a BS in education number 28. How you doing, Miss W? I'm all right today. I'm, I got okay. some hot ham water going in the kitchen. Gross. It sounds uh. gross, but I, I know it's good. <laughs> you, do you remember that Arrested Development where uh, uh, whoever Portia's character is, is basically making soup and she's Lindsay, like, I call it yes. hot ham hot water. Hot ham water. <laughs> uh. So great. Um, so that's Miss W making hot ham water. Mm, I'm Miss right. B. I just ate three-day-old banana bread, and I feel great about it. Um, and today we're going to talk about a meme that was posted on, um, I think it was Teacher Trauma on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be funny, but also I was just kind of like, <gasps> you're right. And, and I want to talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about it today. I feel like it rolls everything almost, but I, there were still some other things. I was like, but what about this? And what about that? So we're going to talk about that today. Before we do that, let's bitch about the BS that's going on this yeah. week in our personal lives. What's happening? Oh my God. I've been saving this one. This has been plaguing me since I have lived in this apartment slash house. Uh, the radiator is so loud that I I recorded some of it the other night and I intentionally left my TV on at uh, like a pretty, it's a pretty low volume because I was watching at night, but uh-huh. you can hear like some talking in the background just so, just to give you an idea of how loud it is. So I got okay. a short little 20 second clip I'm gonna play for you right now so you can feel my pain. It sounds like someone is putting away pots and pans in your kitchen. Oh, it's it gets louder too. what the hell dude (laughs) yeah it does that like every time the flipping radiator comes on it's super loud i complained about it to the landlord when we first moved in a couple years ago in the winter and she was like oh well you know you can ask the 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 people who service the radiators if there's anything they can do and they came down and they were like no all of this stuff in the basement is done wrong and half-ass. It's going to cost her $30,000 to fix it. So it'll never so get fixed. So it's not going to get fixed. And it's that just... Blows. It's so loud that, like, it'll make you jump if you don't yeah. expect it. Yeah. If I were it. asleep and that happened, I would think that someone were breaking into my home. Mm-hmm. So That's now, nuts. So now I have my thermostat, thermostat programmed to go down to 55 at night. So it uh-huh. only comes on when it gets down below freezing <gasps> and in the 20s, basically. So if it wakes me up, it's oh, really cold Lord. in my room it's already. It's cold. But most of the time, it doesn't wake me up until, like, I have it set to come on at, like, 7 in the morning. So that is my alarm clock every morning, you That's guys. That's awful. That clang, clang. So <laughs> I don't... That's... Mm-mm. I'm unfamiliar with radiators because I live where I live and yeah. we don't have right radi- we just have like central heating that we use for like mm-hmm. maybe a total of 30 days well, out of the year like newer houses do that here okay. but they do like forced air but most, well every time uh, I go visit somewhere up north they have those you know old metal yeah. radiators like in the so I've seen them before but I've never seen them in the south so that's interesting and they're so hot if you touch them they will burn your skin because they're made out of metal it's (laughs) just a giant heating element unprotected so bizarre it is it's just i just hate not owning my own home because there's just nothing i I can do about it you can't do anything about anything just out of control everything's just Um, compounded because we're all trapped in our homes it's so true (sighs) speaking of being a homeowner, my husband decided this weekend that he was going to clean out the garage. So I'm trying to get all my work done on Schoology to get ready for Monday. And my son keeps coming in and going, Mom, Dad needs to ask you something about this. And I'm oh like, my God, I don't. So I keep going in there and he's like, do you need this? What is this for? Where can I put? And I'm like, I don't. Because some of it is like old <laughs> high school stuff that when my right. parents moved, my mom was like, here, you can have this back. And I was like, right. no, I don't want to have to go through this until you die. Right. Like, <laughs> 
I don't want to have to get rid of this, but also I don't want you to have to move with it. So they're just in boxes in the garage. Right. And then there's a bunch of stuff from when I moved from one school to the other school mm-hmm. and things that I can't put in my classroom yet because of COVID, but I don't want to get rid of them. And just a bunch of crap. Right. What garages are for if you don't park in them, which he won't let me do anyway. So right. um, it's just all this crap. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. So then he loads up the back of his truck and I'm the one who has to go drive it to Goodwill and we get there and they're like, oh, we don't take that. We don't take that either. We don't take that. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do with it, sir? Can I use your dumpster? But it's like strollers and pack and plays, like anything that a baby can use. They don't take any of it. So I don't, I just have all this crap. That's so strange. It's, well, I get it's liability issue, I guess. So the garage gets cleaned out and it looks amazing. And I was like, holy cow, like I could actually pull my car into here if I wanted to. But our garage door opener is broken. So he's like, are you really going to pull up and park the car and then run inside the house and open it manually? I was like, no, I'm going to pay some guy $50 to come fix our freaking garage door so I can pull into the (laughs) damn garage. But then without even consulting me first... His dad shows up with this smoker, like a barbecue smoker that's the length of a car and just pulls it right in. And so now that's in the garage, taking up all the space that should be my car oh my so I can God. get in and out without So now you know the real reason that he yes. had a fire under his ass to clean out your garage. So annoyed. I'm so annoyed. Well, he gets he gets this way like once a year, but this mm-hmm. time I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So... Yes. Speaking of um, car garages, there's a, a podcast I listened to and a few years ago, they like just it's it's the people that hosted her husband wife duo. And they mm. kept talking about how they'd come home and their garage door was open. And they were like, there must be a neighbor that has a clicker on the same frequency. We can't figure it out. Went on for, I don't know, six months or something. Guess what it was? I don't know. Airplanes flying over had something to do with, yeah, Google it. It's for real. Had some kind of, some kind of transmitter on it that were the same frequency as their garage door. And every time one of this model plane would fly over. It would either open it it or close it. Yes. so strange. Yeah. So the, so the mom was on the front. It was like having a picnic in the front yard with her two kids one day while her husband was at work. And it just like opened. And that's when she was like, what is it? And she was like, no one on the street has pulled no in. So that's when they started looking for alternate um, <laughs> theories and found Ghost that out. Ghost garage door. Isn't that Ew. bizarre? That's strange. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. Weird. Gross. All right. Uh, let's jump in, into this meme. And mm-hmm. we're going to post it on Insta when this releases. You're going to have to tell me what date that is later so I can write it down. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll figure it out. It's in like two weeks. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to break it down piece by piece and lament about how miserable our lives are. So it says, be firm, but also be kind and make connections with the kids so they are comfortable, but you need to set clear boundaries, but teach them social emotional skills, but also teach them the curriculum and be creative. But here's a rigid calendar of what to accomplish by when and make class engaging. But we also need data. But if they're bored, that's on you and you need to differentiate because one size doesn't fit all. But here's a standardized test. And if they fail, it's your fault. And be sure to post all of the assignments and grades online every day. But when the kids don't do their work and the parents don't check their grades, that's because you're not doing enough so contact them on your free time and we trust you but we need to see all your lesson plans and always be prepared a day in advance for class but whoops the copier is broken and also practice self-care because mental health matters okay don't forget to smile (laughs) so it's fun we're all like (laughs) yeah it's just startling when you see it all like clumped up together like that and there's a lot of things in here that like they'll come from administration, but you know, the things that are also being pushed onto administration that are out of their locus of control. It's just, you know, it's like having, you just have a giant central government and they're like, here are all the things. And then you Mm -hmm. might have somebody in charge of the, of that. Who's never been a teacher who taught for two years and then got their administration and then just moved up without. Anyway, these are all the things that happen. I saw this and I was going to immediately post it. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like we need to talk about this. Let's do it. Let's I feel like break we need to tear this apart. Okay, let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Be firm, but also be kind. So there's that thing like, don't let them see you smile before before Christmas. Christmas that used to be the big sign. Yeah, that was the thing. And then, but if they don't trust you and they don't and you don't make connections with them, they're not going to do. They're not going to do anything because they don't. Mm-hmm. They have to be connected with you. So I'm coming having 
issues this year with this because of COVID and just all the weird people. Everybody's weird now anyway, because we don't know how to act around people. Right. Um, and the grade level I teach at is like right when kids are kind of starting to enter puberty, like some are there and some are not there, but mm-hmm. it's like right at that kind of weird age where they're like, I have crushes on my friends, but I don't know what this means. Like, uh. So I'm just going to hit just, them. <laughs> I'm just going to punch them in the mouth. I don't know. I'm going to lick their pencils and put it back on their desk and see what happens. <laughs> but I'm having issues with kids like really wanting to tell me too many things or like like extending, trying to extend that boundary beyond right. where, it, where it can be, even more so this year. Like, because I'll, you know, teachers hug kids when they come up to get hugged because that's what you do, especially right. the young ones when you're not in middle school yet. But this year we're not supposed to touch anyone. But I have, I have lots of kids who are like trying to shatter all these boundaries and break these walls. Mm-hmm. And it's really tough. It's really tough. So I'm curious, like you teach older people. Right. So this is clearly not your issue this year. Not this year. I don't know how to handle it sometimes. So I, okay. So like when I started teaching, I don't know, almost 20 years ago, so long ago, the don't smile till Christmas was very much the, you heard it over, over and over again. They would tell that to new teachers. Mm -hmm. But I think that this is like a symptom of, of like our public schools are much more likely to serve a population that is economically disadvantaged because Mm -hmm. you see this all over the place they call it white flight they call it different stuff where you get these private schools um so so i think when you're in a a private school situation or some sort of situation where those kids don't they don't need you for some emotional Mm -hmm. reason i think the being super having super clear boundaries is totally fine much easier yeah but when you're a teacher that obviously can tell that this student is missing something is needing something is wanting that is wanting you to like you know rub them on the back a little bit while they're doing their reading to remind Uh you that like you're there you can know you got exactly they need mama number two exactly it's really hard to draw those lines Mm -hmm. and then especially now where if you cross those lines or even if you don't cross them but somebody perceives you to be crossing them, it can turn into a thing and you can mm-hmm. lose your career. Right. And more so. Right. So it's super important to maintain those boundaries, but you also want your kids to be able to trust you and you want them to tell you things like if they can't tell anybody else, right. you kind of want to be that person so you can get them the help that they need. But then that opens the door. Do they think that's more? Ugh. So again, it's the social worker thing that we're not mm-hmm. trained to do that we need to be able to do these things. And there's only one school counselor for every 700 kids or whatever it is, so. And I I have been told in the past, so I was, I've been told in the past that I'm too mean, but I've never gotten that feedback from kids. Kids kind of like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I think it's the mama thing. Like, you do have to be firm with the kids and not put up with any shit, but also, like, they know that I love them and I have a sense of humor with them and I'm playful with them, but also I don't, Put up with bullshit so right. i think it's a little bit of both like they right. want to see because if you are a total pushover if you you know love them if you're soft on them they don't respect that either so right. it's it's such a fine line and they don't teach you how to do that there's no right. training on that you just kind of have to figure that out on your own yeah my mine came much more from like my dance background because it's so clear there is a right and a wrong way to do these steps yeah. And like, no, do it again. And like, again, it's, point your it's toe, lift I have, it, yeah. I have such a great instinct for that's the best that kid can do. So at this point I'm cheering them on or right. no, you are half ass in that shit because yeah. you know, you're better than everybody else in the class. Yeah, you may do it again. Right. So there was yeah. this one school, uh, actually it was like this giant recreation service that I worked for that probably had, I don't know, 12 dance studios. So put that in quotes across the whole county where it was like a rec center dance classes were like ten dollars a month or something Mm -hmm. and you get what you get with the teacher so mine i am a very skilled dance teacher so after my second or third year my program was fucking huge i had oops Mm -hmm. sorry miss b's mom i had (laughs) it was her it wasn't me (laughs) i had like 500 plus students i had a lot of kids and there was a T and every once in a while, because if you didn't have a good program, you didn't get a lot of students, you're basically getting paid commission. Then 
you're not getting a lot per hour. So every once in a while, a teacher would just flake and they'd be like, what do we do? These parents want a recital. So there was a a, a rec center that was actually like a mile from my house. So they called me in seven weeks before the recital. So that means I'm going to see these kids seven times and then they have to perform. And I got criticized for being too mean. And I was like, there are Do you want it or seven not? classes. Like I, I'm nice at the beginning of the year, but yeah. we are in crunch mode. No time mode, for man. bullshit. Yeah. yeah, but at the but the at the end, most of those kids came to my studio the next year because, because they, they actually did. Something. Yes, so they yes. actually liked it, enjoyed it. The parents were like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." You know, I know Jane was really upset in the beginning, but yeah, you did you did a great job with them. Everything yeah, looks great. You did what we asked mm-hmm. you to do. Hmm. Yeah, the, and if and if kids don't see results, it's the same thing with academics. If they don't see any growth, they're gonna right. stop working anyway. So you might right. as well, but also be there for them and but be also. kind and a, and a shoulder to cry on. But don't let them cry on your shoulder yeah. because then you're touching them and then right. you could get fired. And again, much easier as a dance teacher or something because you only see them an, an hour or two a week. So it's a lot yeah. easier to have that like blocked off, walled off feeling. But I think that yeah. like. That like I that's where I warmed that muscle up before I got into the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much different for elementary teachers, mm-hmm. especially the younger ones when you're when oh, you don't even switch for sub, you know, for blocks. Yeah. Like if you have yeah these little first grade babies or oh so cute. Okay, so then uh, the next part of the meme says teach social emotional skills, but also teach them the curriculum and be creative. But here's a rigid calendar of what to accomplish by when. And this one made me laugh, cry. Yeah, Um, this is so so I remember when I was a kid, I never felt like rushed through the subjects. But as a teacher now, I feel like we are just like, go do this, finish. Nope, time's up. Let's go. We got to do this. We got to do that. I just remember being at school and being like, we're doing reading for an hour. Okay, now we're doing spelling and grammar. And here's your here's your textbook. And we're going to do these numbers out of the textbook. And then we're going to check them. And we're going to do math. And here's PE. I just felt like it was very like, operational, Mm -hmm. um, routine, like, I don't remember teachers coming in and changing things up to hook our attention like we're supposed to do at Me the beginning neither. of every I remember micro it lesson being that we teach. The same every day for like pretty much the whole year. All of your, yes. Like I don't I mean, there were like a couple of special things, like maybe we had international week or whatever, but for the most part, it was very formulaic. But I think the expectation that we're putting a hook at the beginning of every single lesson to get the kids engaged. But we only have 30 seconds to do that hook. Mm-hmm. How effective can that be? And what is what is the overall gain of that? Like, I understand having them engaged. Right. No, I, I agree with you. Payoff? What's the overall like, payoff? Time? Because aren't we just, like, teaching these kids to have a shorter attention span? Right. We're Shouldn't expecting to... them yeah. to be only able to or only required to pay attention if they're interested enough in paying attention. I think that's what we've trained Mm-hmm. this generation of kids to do is like well it's your job to get me interested in learning whereas when we were kids it was like this is what we're doing and here's yeah. your grade and yeah. the end so I think I I mean I understand the hook because you want kids to be excited about grammar and whatever it is and I remember I was never excited about grammar and doing it out of the book I'm still not excited about grammar but you know what I have all the motions that we do with things and like little mm-hmm. songs that we make up and crap like that but it takes a lot of time it takes a lot more time and then on top of that adding in the social social emotional learning so um we didn't have this when I taught at a private school what we had religion classes which I feel like is the same thing right you're teaching social skills you're teaching how to be kind to other people just good citizens in general right but shoehorning that in there and then the curriculum which has gotten more inappropriately advanced I know too early And so like we're, you know, the stuff my kindergarten daughter is doing, I'm like, she can do it, but also there's a lot of kids who can't at that age. Right. And it's not appropriate for them. And you're setting them up for a lifetime of failure in school because you're shoehorning this in so hard, Mm -hmm. but it all links back to what we're going to talk about in a minute, which is the standardized test. So it's just this giant snowball effect of crap. And then, so in my district, it's, it's very micromanaged. Like the district is gigantic. And so they give us the test that we're going to give them. Then they give us detailed lesson plans. Like a single 10 minute grammar lesson is a whole front and back page. It's basically a script of what they want us to do. But they only hire extremely specialized teachers. Like they're very careful about their hiring process. 
but then they're micromanaging every word that's supposed to come out of our mouths. And they're like, do this in 10 minutes, but also you want to give them, you know, eight minutes of individual work time. And then you want to be able to check it. And I'm like, when, what time warp situation are we working in? Right. Like you should see the schedule that is mandated in our classroom. It is broken down in my two hour English language arts block into like five minute increments of like Jeez. how long I could read aloud and how long I could do poetry and how long I can do this small group and how long to do the pre-lesson for, it is absolutely nuts to me. That's so, but they're like, you know what, be creative and be engaging. And they pay for all this professional development for like, look at all these great teaching methods, but here's what we, here's what you're going to do because this is right. what everybody in the district. Did. I'm like, why, what do you want us to do? Mm-hmm. So it's, Highly confusing and highly stressful for teachers, especially when you do go to a great PD and you're like, oh my gosh, that would be incredible. But this takes 45 minutes and I have 12 minutes every day to do this particular thing. And I don't Mm -hmm. have any flexibility because if I'm sick and my kids have to go to another classroom the next day, they have to be on the exact same things. It's just, it's a nightmare. It really is a nightmare. Um, How is that in... um, like the, the university setting. Like I know that they don't give a shit what I do. They don't care at all. Like you would not believe it's just insane the way that they just like, there's no standardization. There's nothing. It's just like, you can do whatever you want pretty much. So it's like, it really bothers me because these kids are paying these gigantic tuition prices and yes, I am teaching quality shit, but... But who knows what everybody else is doing? I don't think everybody is, because I've met them. <laughs> right. Like, how ethical is everyone that you're working with? And, mm-hmm. like, do college professors get observed and then have to get their, you know... I got observed one time. I'll I'll read my observation at some uh, episode if I really need a pat on the back. And my the chair of the department... <laughs> Like, literally said, this is the best lesson I've ever observed in my whole college career. And I was like, it was a pretty good class, but I didn't even, like, I didn't plan it just for her. She was just like, hey, I'm going to come one time in these next three days. Which one works best? And I was like, well, this day they're really doing, like, independent work and I'm floating around. But if you want to see me teach, you need to come this day or this day. And yeah. it was just me regular teaching. I didn't do anything in like particularly Different special. Than you would. But I got yeah. like a hundred I got a perfect score on my evaluation. And the comments were like wow. insanely good. And I have to imagine it's just because so many teachers in the college world do not have training in actual teaching. They're no. just like good at what they do. They're just so there. They're, they're specialized mm-hmm. in whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never I never remember I don't remember a lot of great um, mm-hmm. educational experiences I had in college, which is so interesting because you end up with this highly touted degree, but if there's right. no, if there's no standardization of it across right. like what is in this law exactly. degree or what is in this pre-med degree, like I understand that we're all taking a biology course, but what, like, what are the sta- I don't know. Well, I feel like in uh, the, the medical field, and in law, at least there is some test that the students are responsible for. Yeah. But all these humanities degrees, you're oh, just taking whatever. Bullshit. Like you're yeah. just taking whatever. And this is from a person with a humanities degree. With a degree. humanities degree. <laughs> it's true. I mean, and for teachers, there is like the, what is that exam you have to take? Whatever exam it is. It's you different have to take. in different states. It's different like I know. Everywhere. I was I know about the, to say it, the, but I was like, I wonder if it's just in my state. And I don't I, want to I'll bleep this out if I'm incorrect, but I'm pretty okay. sure the praxis is across like at least half the, the states in the uni- United States. Okay. Um, but not universal everywhere. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. close at least. Yeah. But I feel like I could have taken that praxis test without taking at least half of my college courses and probably oh, I took it with taking it. a zero because when I taught fourth grade oh, that's I right. had you just zero had experience it. in education but they advised me before I went to like my teacher boot camp like you should start taking it now because lots of people fail it and I passed all of them the first which time which just goes to show you like yeah which I was getting an elementary ed certification so it's basically like giving you a test that a fifth grader like are you smarter than a fifth grader basically yeah but well i remember having to no because i was a generalist fourth rate i take that back because i had to know through like 
pretty advanced high school math because they test you way ahead of what mm-hmm. you're going to be teaching. But also, and then there's the test, there's the part about the pedagogy, like how to, like how to deliver yeah, instruction. Yeah, see, mine had nothing with happens. the pedagogy on it. Okay. So maybe mine, mine was different or I had to do a different part of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. That's I also I only curious. taught that one year after that boot camp because we all know one day when we have thousands of of listeners and we make a patreon i'll tell the story of that because it's a oh, thrilling a story idea. but it will 100 percent give Out away you. Oh, yep 100 <laughs> will <laughs> all right oh, be- before Lord. we go on to our next one let's take a quick break okay and we're back yeah. i say it that way every time i, I know love it's consistent <laughs> Okay, so we talked about those. Blah, 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 blah. All right, so the third part is make class engaging, but we also need data. But if they're bored, that's on you. That kind of mm-hmm. goes back to always being on, being an edutainer, but you have to get this very specific data and they have to be interested in it. And yeah, and it's your fault if all of those things aren't great. I'm going to move on to the next one. You need to differentiate because one size doesn't fit all, but here's a standardized test. And if they fail, it's your fault. Yep. <laughs> so many things and what i love is most states or at least two states that i've worked in if you've got an esl student um they don't have a translator for the test nope you they can have, have someone the regular old test the accommodation is they will have someone read it to you in english, in english. so mm-hmm. it's so like if you have a kid straight from vietnam Yes. If he can't read English, at least he can hear the English and then fail yep. it and then feel like And then a just push failure. C all the way down. Yeah. It's it's so obnoxious. And differentiation, I haven't heard it's not as much of a buzzword now as it was when it was first like when Tom Linson was, was first really like it big was hot a while back. Potatoes yes. like when we were in college and then for I would say for a full decade after that it was just Oh, absolutely. Everything. Differentiation, differentiate your lesson plans, differentiate. And I feel like we still do it like we deliver our lesson to everyone and then you differentiate in that well i guess i'm going to be sitting in a small group with you every single day you and three other kids who can't do it on your own and then have to reteach it in a special way but it all comes down to here's this one assessment because you you don't have the freedom to we talked about this in an episode a long time ago about like how do you give grades that really show you know what the kids mastery is and how you can offer alternative assessments but when it comes down to it that standardized test, it is what it is. And there is mm-hmm. no alternative assessment to that. And what pisses me off the most is like, I used to teach middle school math and the middle school math test was probably about 30%. Like, can you solve this math problem? Mm-hmm. And 70% reading comprehension. Like here's a really tricky situation. And you have to figure out like through making inferences and really understanding English, what operations you need to perform to solve this. And it's not even like, applicable real world situations for these kids it's right. stuff about like banquet tables they don't know what the fuck a banquet, a banquet is. table is they right like just just stuff like that like i know that doesn't seem like a big deal if you're listening to this and you're not an educator but when you're dealing with kids who don't understand words they're in middle school they don't understand words like irritate or i mean just like words that we use on a pretty regular mm-hmm. basis and then you throw a bunch of nouns at them that they don't know what they are you're supposed to be able to imply, oh, if it's a banquet table, that means that there's eight people sitting at that table or there's mm-hmm. there's a group of people sitting there, right? But if they don't know what that means, then they're going to get that problem wrong automatically because they're right. just set up to fail. And then a bunch of the answer choices aren't even how many or what is the answer. It'll be like, what method would you use to solve this problem? And then right. there's like four different choices of the steps that you should take. Well, guess what, Sherlock? There are a hun- There's a hundred ways to skin a cat, right? So mm-hmm. in math, there's not just one way to find an answer, but if they don't pick the one Correct. that matches the strategy that goes with whatever they wanted whatever them to learn that year, whatever category this was, then right. they get it wrong. It's just so much bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it holds these kids to this stupid standard that in the real world doesn't make any sense. Right. And it forces teachers to teach to the test. And every mm-hmm. school says, we don't teach to the test. We prepare them for the test and we teach them the skills because that's what they're going to need to pass the test. But that's horseshit because if right. you don't teach them to that test, they're going to fail it. Like mm-hmm. they can know the skills all day long, but if they don't understand how to decode and then them, the state takes it and then over. the property values go mm-hmm. down and then your ass get the whole, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. a giant politicized 
pile I of think, bullshit. I so, think part of the problem with the testing being like so complicated and terrible, and I could be way off the mark here, is that these are a bunch of overly educated white pompous people who want to justify their jobs so they make it super duper complicated but also they, they don't want to teach so children but no, but i got hard i got a doctorate in education but i don't actually want to deal with I've the kids so taught. i'm going yes. to be hired as a curriculum specialist for this district and help develop this test and it's going to cost so, so much. much money mm-hmm. oh it's just it's disgusting and then like the amount of money that like the testing companies themselves, like that mm-hmm. whole situation is nuts. Mm-hmm. But long story short, you can't differentiate and teach them four different ways to multiply if they have to know. If only one is going to be correct skills. on the test. Right. Yeah. If they don't need to just find the correct answer to the multiplication problem, if they have to show you the lattice system that they use to solve it, which nobody uses in the real world, but right. it's one of the things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Have I ever told you that like I'm so bad at grammar? <laughs> Yes, you have. And it makes me laugh because you send me stuff to be like, does this make sense? (laughs) Because and the reason is because I read a crazy amount as a child. And it's like my brain had examples of all the correct way sentences were. So on any grammar tests, because they would say, like, pick Mm -hmm. the correct sentence or whatever or fill in the blank. I would just read it. No. So I never learned any of the rules. I because, cannot diagram a sentence. But I mean, honestly, what is the use of diagramming a sentence right. unless you're trying to pass a fourth grade test where right. you have to diagram a sentence? Right. Like the whole purpose of knowing grammar in the back, it's, it's supposed to be a back of your mind skill so that you can be a good writer. Like right. everything leads to, can you read and comprehend? Can mm-hmm. you write clearly? Yeah. It all boils down So that you're communicating. Correct. Right. Correct. So diagramming a sentence is like the math formula behind, it's the algorithm behind constructing a sentence that makes sense. But I hate teaching grammar because like kids, I'm, I never look at a sentence and go, oh, that adverb, is that an adverb or an adjective? Mm-hmm. And where's that placement? You just look at it and you go, that sounds stupid. I'm going to change it until right. it sounds right. And I tell my kids that I'm like, does that sound right? Or does that sound real dumb? It sounds dumb. Maybe you should write it. And I never tell them, well, where did you place, you know, do you have a subject and a predicate and where's you? Because it's just complicated. Right. So I think we need to take a big look at the big picture of what our goal is for these children in the real world. I want them to be able to write clearly Mm -hmm. and communicate their thoughts. I want them to be able to read, to understand and to learn. I want them to be able to solve real life math problems or if they're going to be an engineer, other things, but basically real life math problems. And I want them to understand the basics of, you know, how governments work and being a good citizen. And I want them to understand the basics. Oh, I got a book on that that I have not read yet. What is it? Um, I got a book called WTF. Does the Constitution really say anyway? Yeah. And it's and it's supposed to be really good. I heard the guy interviewed on a podcast and I was so jazzed up about it. I bought it and he's got a kids edition that I'm going to buy for your son that's, that's coming so, out oh, he will in like love 6 months that. or something. It's not out yet cuz I was going to get it for him for Christmas. Yes. Um but I am going to bring this book with me on my trip and I am going to read it and then we're going to talk about it. So like the the guy that's that fabulous. wrote it both his parents worked in politics so he had this really good understanding of civics Mm -hmm. and he didn't realize how little the general public knew and that most people just get nobody knows nine weeks of civics is all that's required or something like that so so that was his reason for writing if he's a political correspondent high school understanding that there's an executive a legislation legislative and a judicial branch i feel Mm -hmm. like you're more advanced than most of the population like right nobody even what shit about it so and i'm i might I might make a mistake, but he was like, the three branches of government are not and were never intended to be equal. And he was like, read the Constitution. <laughs> oh, it doesn't that. say that. It doesn't say that. But the way that we're taught it I didn't is know that. like, yeah. And I, y'all, Checks if you are a civics teacher and I'm wrong, then I am so sorry because I'm trying to remember what I heard on a podcast two months ago. And when I get to it, we're going to. We're going to talk about we'll it a whole episode. It. Right. But that's what we need. Like, it's it's more interesting anyway, and it's mm-hmm. applicable real life now. Just a working right. knowledge of what the hell is going on. Like, that's what we need to look at as the, at the whole education system and make sure, okay, as long as you get out of high school with these this umbrella, you're probably going to be okay. But, the, mm-hmm. I mean, we can advance stuff for other kids who are, you know, for, the most, for most of the kids right. who are capable of more than that. But instead of, like, breaking these stupid things down into the minutiae and 
micromanaging the way your brain is supposed to think, but then requiring them in other subjects to be super creative, but not allowing it in other subjects. It's just, it's a counterintuitive Mm -hmm. shit show. Okay. All right. Let's read the next one. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll read this one. Uh, Be sure to post all of the assignments and grades online every day. But when the kids don't do their work and the parents don't check their grades, that's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) This is this happens all the way through college too. Cool. Okay. Good. So I had um, when I was doing that that seminar thing that I signed up for that went really well. I'll talk Mm -hmm. about that on the next podcast because I never gave people an update. You didn't. But when, so there were three of us presenting together on course design. So of course, new teachers just end up kind of bitching about stuff. So I'm, I'm asking this one guy who's been teaching college for, I don't know, like 15 or 20 years about grade stuff like how do you handle students that like aren't turning stuff in or aren't you know where do you post your grades because that's another thing is they're like you need to have 10 different places that no matter where the students are checking it should be totally easy for them to find the assignment and he's like horseshit the ones that aren't gonna find it they don't give a shit they're not gonna look look for it right so he was talking about like how he sees the the benefit of of both of them because like i so he personally says like i put it in one place and that's it so i Mm -hmm. of course have my stuff on the syllabus but then every week this past semester i sent out a week at a glance email that said Mm -hmm. this week we're covering this this thing is due at this time even though it's on the syllabus already I would send that out because I know that you're not going to look at it. Right. And and I still had kids that didn't turn anything in. Yeah. (laughs) And I still had kids that didn't know where to check their grade or didn't care to check their grade. Uh And it's just, I mean, what are you going to do? And I'm sure you must have parents that complain about nightmare. Yes. With all the digital stuff that's happening right now. I'm sure you must have parents that are annoyed at all the emails. And and I'm a terrible parent because I won't log out of my access to this as a teacher because then I would have to re-log in through the parent portal, which is two different formats and passwords and usernames to see my own children's grades. (laughs) So I don't even know. And because I don't send paper (laughs) report cards anymore, I really don't know because you have to log in to see them and I haven't done it yet. So I'm like, I know the teachers at school. So mm-hmm. I figured that they would tell me if something were wrong. I mean, which sounds awful, <laughs> but it's not easy. It's, it's hyper complicated because it has to be, mm-hmm. you have to use the system that your district has chosen, which typically is the system that the superintendent's nephew developed. And so right. he wants to give him a big right. kickback, even if it's non-intuitive or user-friendly or I'm like, everything should be an app that you can download on your phone and push two buttons and see everything. Yeah. Blackboard and is fucking trash. And we've been using it for 15 for years. 15, since I was in college. And like, I can't. No more. Like, I can't find stuff on it. I'm pretty no. tech savvy. But I take uh, this grad. I take a grad class every semester because it's free. Mm-hmm. And I will waste so much time looking for Digging shit. through that crap. I yes. know. Yes. It's so stupid. And I mean, same thing with Schoology. It's walking hot trash but we Mm -hmm. all have to use it and the parents ask questions and i'm like i have no idea but here's here's what i can tell you so then i sent out my you know email two weeks before the end of the quarter where i tell the parents like okay all the grades are in so go look in if you have any missing grades um you know make sure that your child completes those they're all in schoology you just i have the name of the assignment and the date so Mm -hmm. your kid has to go back to that subject click on that date and do that assignment. And I still have parents like, oh, well, they're missing this and this and this. When were you going to tell me? And I was like, well, it's been posted the whole time. I'm telling you right now, they have two weeks to get it done. And they're like, well, how are we supposed to find it? I was like, well, you go and click on the, I'm not, I'm not going to go back and do that for you. I'm just, I cannot do that for every parent. Can you, do you, because I do this sometimes. I re-forward an email so that it has like the date. See below. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what I used to do was every weekend I would go through and I would check all the online grades. And then for each assignment, if there were three kids in the class who missed it, I would I would copy all three of those parents and be like, your child is missing this assignment. Here's how to access this assignment. One, click on this. Two, click on that. Three, click on the assignment called blah, 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 blah. They have until blank to finish this assignment or they'll receive whatever grade. And I was sending them out nothing was happening and it was it would take me like two hours every weekend to do this so i just stopped doing it 
because it doesn't make a Good. difference. Yes. It's the same kids every time. And it's the ones who are failing anyway and aren't doing their stuff. And I've conferenced with the parents and it is what it is. Yeah. But they're the ones who call the office when their kids get D's and F's. Right. Ripping me a new one for being a terrible, negligent teacher because how are they supposed to know what's going on? And then I have to have documentation of all of this. Well, so, that's why it's good that you have like email or Remind emails. or whatever it is. Right. It's just ridiculous. Though, oh, do you want to hear another that. feature of Blackboard that sucks ass? Yes. So you can send emails through Blackboard. So like if I've got an assignment or something, there's a little button I can click in the up yeah. right hand corner that's like email the students. They don't save any record of it. What the hell? There's no record. So I like contacted IT, like I got to the point where I searched for so long that I contacted IT and they were like, oh no, it doesn't save sent messages. And it was like- This is a useless feature. Right, because I I had a couple of students that didn't turn anything in and thankfully it didn't come to (sighs) this, but I was like, if somebody documentation. I want to be able to cover my ass and say like, even though this shit is clearly posted in their adults, I did reach out to them, you know, a week before midterm Mm -hmm. grades went in and a week before final grades went in so they could do some extra work. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Our gradebook system does that, too. So you can send an email to the whole class. Right. What I figured out is it automatically goes to everybody's spam folder. So they don't see it if you send it to everyone. So I have to open the thing. I have to, like, select all the people and then highlight them and then transfer them over to Outlook and then paste them into the... God, it's such a pain. Because I get new new students and leaving students frequently because of this year. I can't just have like a master list. Mm-hmm. So I get to do that every time. Are y'all allowed to use Remind? So God, I loved Remind. Yeah, we have Remind, but okay. not every, I, I have like three parents who respond to it. Yeah, so, that sucks. I mean, it's, the only good thing about that is it sends it as a text message. And for some like, oh, people, here it is. right. Yeah, and, and they don't have that excuse. But you know what? If they don't want to be contacted, they're not going to be right. contacted because they want to be able to complain later that it's your fault that right. everything went right. to hell. Anyway, parents suck and we do too much for them. Yes. I'm a, I say that as a parent who doesn't check her child's <laughs> grades. So, sorry. Um, let's see. But I would if it were easier. If there were an app and I could just pull that up, I would do it in a heartbeat. And that's not the teacher's fault. That is the superintendent who's making almost a million dollars a year who picked Correct. this bullshit software that his nephew made. Why don't the superintendents have better, connect, like, smarter IT people in their lives? I don't understand why they're all related to really bad programmers. Okay. Um... Oh, and then the whole thing about it's your responsibility to contact them on your free time. I know. Because we have mid-year conferences coming and I have to call all 30-something of my parents. It's like, well, I don't have fucking them. office hours. What, like, no, what do you I want me to do? do it. Right. can't do it during the day. So I guess I'll just stay every night after school until 8 o'clock for the next three weeks. Anyway. Okay, so the next part. We trust you, but we need to see all of your lesson plans and always be prepared a day in advance for class. But whoops, the copier's broken. Be flexible. <laughs> So, Taylor's oldest time, like yeah. If I could so count nuts. the number of times that just like something was broken that I was intending on using, or like the Wi-Fi went down, uh-huh. and I couldn't show like, the well, video. Like, just be flexible. Mm-hmm. The teachers used to, they, I get that. Teachers used to teach without Wi-Fi all the time. Like, what it's did like, you do before? Well, you now had a technology like, is required. You stupid every jackass. day for everything. Right. So, you yeah. have to have a certain amount of technology. Oh. Yeah, we don't have any books to use because nothing is provided to us anymore. It's all right. curriculums linked online. So I don't know. What do you want us to do? <laughs> Pull out my top hat and start the edutainment game? That's exactly what they want. Um, and then finally, uh, also practice self-care because mental health matters. Okay, don't forget to smile. Mm-hmm. My, I just love that ending. Like, take care of yourself, guys. Like, we know you're working really hard. But do not yourself. take sick days. But don't, t- we c- you cannot take a you sick day. You can't take a sick day. No. And you only get one personal day a year. So take care of yourself from December 17th through January (laughs) 3rd. And then like on on Labor Day, you can take care of yourself. (laughs) You have every Saturday and Sunday to take care of yourself. I don't understand what the problem is. Oh, your brother's getting married on a Friday? I'm s- no, you can't go to that. No, you you can't be off. Are you crazy? You have to be here to watch your students take their spelling tests. Get out of here. I wish everybody would relax. Like I am, I remember I had a student, uh, a German student when I taught fourth grade and the parents were like, we're going to go to Germany for a month. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll make them a packet. (laughs) I was like, I 
right? care. Like, it's fine. Like, yes, it's a pain in the ass if Tommy goes to Disney World or whatever. And at a certain time, stuff like that really bugs me. But it's also like, yeah, what was that thing that you said about the speck of dust? We're speck. We're less than microbes in the scope of this Mm -hmm. galaxy. And it, it bothers me when it's like, when it's the kid, because in my class this year, it's been the kid who can barely read a sentence. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the kids who are like, oh, we're going to go to Six Flags. <laughs> like, we're going to be gone for a month. And I'm like, well, right. your kid can't read and they're nine. So yeah. you might want to reprioritize. But most of the time, who gives a crap? Like, when my mm-hmm. parents come visiting, I'll let my play, my kids play hooky. Because mm-hmm. they don't get to see their grandparents that often. And one day they're going to die. Sorry, mom and dad. So... I would rather they have memories with them than sitting in a desk and going over something they already know Mm -hmm. or that they can catch up on pretty quick, you know? All right, I have one little thing that was not on the Google Doc that I wanted (gasps) to bring up. That's a surprise. I will not link the article in the show notes because it's behind a fucking paywall. (sighs) But I know, it's dumb. Uh, dumb. But basically, there is a very large school district in a metropolitan area. I don't remember where it is, but it's like Los Angeles or New York or something like that. So it's a really big school district that has yet to go back in person. So they've Mm -hmm. just been virtual because it's a really overpopulated area and the numbers just haven't been such that they feel safe to go. Yeah. Right. So they're, I don't know, board of education, education commissioner, whoever makes these decisions. Um, they are mandating that students turn their cameras on. And this is for two, you know, this is because teachers are like, I have kids that it says that they're here, but they zero don't communicate they don't at all. And they're anything. not anything. You know, they're so, not they're, there. so they're obviously yeah. just turning their shit on and then doing whatever they do. Yes. Absolutely. So, so the article is basically like, there are kids that are at home and are embarrassed of their situation and don't want their camera on but then the other side of the coin is like i can't teach to a bunch of black squares which is how what can i doing. effectively Silent do black my job for eight right. hours a day yeah correct so this is the argument in this article and those are the two sides and i just wanted to see what you think well as a person who has taught to several black squares online and then seeing them not getting anything done and then their parents wondering why I'm not contacting them every day after school. I'm like, well, cause there's 18 of you guys. I'm not going to make 18 phone calls every day after school. Cause your kid's not doing their stuff. Mm-hmm. I have told the kids and parents that the expectation is your camera is on all day long. Because if you were in the classroom and you just like climbed under the table and put a blanket over your head, that would not be acceptable. So mm-hmm. like when you're at home, I need to see your face. But I've told them, I'm like, if there is some specific reason that your camera can't be on or that you have an issue, just contact me privately or contact, if you don't want to tell me, contact the school counselor and they'll just let me know that you have permission. Like, but you need to give, you need to have an excuse. But I still daily have kids with their cameras off. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I think they have to have the cameras on because otherwise, how can you count them present? How can you, how can you be held accountable for these kids? Because you still have to provide them grades and you're still responsible for teaching them. How can you be held accountable for anything if you can't even see their faces or hear their voices? Because yeah. of that, that's my thing. Like you need to have luckily, a yeah. Luckily, excuse. as a as a college professor, I am given the freedom to say you are not present if I don't see you. Yeah, like that's it. There will be occasions where we're working on our own, and I'm like, you can all turn your cameras off. We're gonna check back yeah. in in 20 minutes, and you're gonna share. Yeah, you know, but you're a grown up. But right, yeah. But with my kid, I don't let I don't let them do that when they're working independently because then they don't do it. But they're kids. If they were adults, correct, do that. correct. That actually has to do with my teaching tip for the day. Let's move into teaching tips. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tips on teaching. So my teaching tip for the day is I, as we were saying, I have a lot of kids on Zoom. I require their cameras to be on all the time. The issue is when we're all in the main room together and they're supposed to be taking a test or working independently, and I'm proctoring them as it were. And one kid has a question and they unmute themselves to talk. It's distracting to other kids. Or if God forbid my headset's not working and I have to get up from the computer and go talk to someone. And then one of the buttholes in my class unmutes and goes, what are you doing, Nicholas? And starts shit. Why are you looking at me? And they start their own little fights on (laughs) zoom. So what I do now is I make a breakout room for each individual student. You so if there are, are 19 a genius. Kids, I set up 19 individual breakout rooms and I put them in there. And I tell them before I put them in there, 
I could pop into your breakout room at any time. I expect your camera to be on or you're going to lose points and you're going to get a phone call to mom when, when the end of the day is over. And if you have a question, you come back into the main room and I will be here and you can ask your questions and that way we're not disturbing anyone and you can't jack with other people. So it's been so fabulous. You are so smart. One of my teacher pals came up with that. Yeah, I've been led. I've been like I said, if we've got, you know, because it's a teaching or it's a class for teachers. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is your this is your your topic. You're going to come up with as much of a lesson plan as you can. I'm going to give you 20 minutes. I obviously don't need to see them. So that's why I'm like, you can turn your camera off. But the individual breakout rooms is genius. You can work in private and get your They can do the little raise your hand thing where it alerts you yes girl and then the other thing is i know well i was putting them in breakout rooms like in pairs or triplets to get stuff done and then i would find out later that parents were getting in and talking shit about other teachers when i would go in there so i was like well guess we can't do that anymore because your parents are jerks anyway that's my tip try it out that's fantastic oh and here's my tip for zoom zoom needs to make it capable to where if you are the administrator of a meeting that you can see, monitor all of your breakout all rooms of them at the, at same, the same, time. same time. I should not have to leave the main room to go see what my breakout rooms are doing. I should be I able ha- to see that from my main screen, even yeah. if I can't hear it. And then click a button to hear to like unmute that room so yeah. I can hear what's going on. I should be the Ooh, lord of that Yeah, room. that's a good idea. I bet that'll end up being a feature at some point. Well, hurry up. That's it's very smart. Year. Let's go. I know. Um, okay, so my teaching tip is I am sure a lot of teachers out there, when you create these uh, Google Docs or your assignments or something in Google Classroom, this is probably a little more for older students, and you need to give students or parents a link to something, mm-hmm. and you have to like change the permission or something. At some point, Google changed it to where now the default is that you still need permission. But it's like, why am I copying a link if somebody... Correct. This has happened to me so many times in the last six months. I create some kind of Google Doc, Google Sheet, Google Mm -hmm. Form, send it out. And then suddenly I get a flood of people asking for permission. And I'm just like... So here's what you do. You copy your link. And then when you try it yourself, you can see it because it's your Google. Right. So open up an incognito window Mm -hmm. and paste the link there. And then you will be able to tell instantly Smart. if anyone from with the link can view it or not. That is clever. I like that. Good tip. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, zoom so into because we are we've been talking a whole bunch. We're gonna we zoom have. into screaming in the parking lot. Screaming in the parking lot. Whoop whoop. All right, mine mine doesn't really have anything to do with teaching. But, okay, so this vaccine's going around. People are we're trying to get rid of this COVID and go back to normal life. There is so much of the vaccine that they are throwing out I because know. people don't show up for their appointments. I know. And it's, once they take it out the fridge, like the clock has started. Done. Yeah. So they should have some kind of... What's that called when you're standby. waiting for an airplane? Yes, yes, yes. They yep. should have they should have vaccine standby because I got this Absolutely. idea because uh, uh, somebody I know was in the the first round because they're a healthcare worker and whoever brought them to the appointment, the nurse was like, "Oh, does your husband want a shot also?" Because because somebody here. didn't show up and we got to throw it away in an hour. Oh my god! Yeah, so they should have. I mean. I wouldn't like, do it from anyway. Right. I was going to say, I wouldn't do this every day, but I think I would be willing to be like, yeah, I'll sit in I'll a parking lot for yeah. one afternoon and have and, and just, and just wait for a, a tech. Yeah. Or if there's a location that's less than a mile from my house, which there right? probably is, you know. then then put me on a list and yeah. I'll get like a, you have 10 minutes to respond that you're on your way. Yes or no. Yes. Oh, what a mm-hmm. great idea. Because yeah. I would love to get this mofo done And with. just, I yeah, get, get this over get with, y'all. Golly. Oh, how sad. Okay, mm-hmm. mine is um, mine is that when you're sick, like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're vomiting sick or what your child is sick, whatever it is that you know that you're not going to be able to go to work the next day, the the complicatedness of calling in sick on the on the computer is so stupid i don't know if this is the way it is oh how's it work for yours and i'll tell you how it's worked for well you have schools. to log in to you have to go to the district website and then log into the employee section and then there's like a special another thing you have to log into and then there's like this 
complicated, not user-friendly form you have to fill out and all that. It's just hyper complicated. It's so, again, if there were an app where I could just open it and be like, I'm vomiting right now, Mm -hmm. the end. And then they can just like fill the sub. It's so complicated. And they made us a, a nifty little card at the beginning of the year with all the info so that if that happens, we don't have to think about it. We can just know where know all the 17 steps to do it. But I don't know what I did with the card. So oh. now I'm just really worried about it. I'm like, what if I have to call in sick one morning and I'm having one of those migraines where I can't see and I'm throwing up. I don't want to do this. Girl, Make it easy Get somebody us. to take a picture of that card for you. I might. They don't want you to call in sick, though. That's the deal. They're like, I let's know. make it so hard to call in sick and then also submit sub plans when you're vomiting sick that they just don't call in sick. I've had districts where it's pretty easy and you just go to the same place you would to like, you know, check your email and stuff. But then I have other ones. I had the the last school I worked at. Mine was really similar to yours. Mm -hmm. But you needed a copy of your fucking paycheck because, oh, sorry, Miss Miss B's mom. That's that's, that's number two. Um, Because you needed your employee number, which was not your social, was not your anything. It was just a random 17-digit number. Correct. (laughs) And it was printed on your paycheck, which, hello, you don't get paper paychecks anymore. So you would have to. to Yeah, so I would have to Uh find my. So first I'd have to go into the HR payroll department and find a check and like Mm -hmm. write that number down. And then I would have to go into the. Yes. It's a pain. Because they don't want you to call in sick. They don't want you to call in sick. They're like, you're not that sick. Mm-hmm. If you're not if you're not too sick to go through this system, then you're not. If you make it all the way through this thing, you're clearly not sick enough to stay <laughs> home anyway. It's a trap. Oh, but you know what? It's all worth it. I'm going to be honest. It took me a really long time to think of something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess my all worth it is that my partner teacher and I have finally... Um, figured out a way to put all of our zoom kids. So like I have all the zoom kids in the morning, plus like seven or eight of our gifted kids who don't need my help anyway in person. Right. So we put like all the, the very independent slash a little bit on the spectrum and are very self manageable, self propelled. We'll put it that way. So those are my in-class students in the morning. And then I have all 20 something zoom students. So I just really focus almost all my attention on the zoom. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, I'm just like a regular teacher again with just kids in the classroom. It's like 12 kids or something and no Zoomies. And oh my God, it's so nice. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like teaching some stuff and almost making it through my lesson plans because there's still not enough almost. time. But boy, oh boy, it's so much better. And it feels good. So Nice. Yeah. That's really similar to mine, which which mine just says glimpses of normality. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a little glimpse. Yes. Yeah, so, so we just, oh, I just thought of a funny story that I'm going to tell with mine. So uh, I've just, uh, I just did casting for a show. Uh, one of the theater companies I work for is doing Schoolhouse Rock, yeah. um, which unfortunately the first few weeks is going to be virtual because the mayor, governor, whoever put us back in phase whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's myself, I'm choreographing it. And so it's myself, the director and the music director and just going through these lists of kids and who mm-hmm. fits best here, whatever. So we were casting our Thursday group because we're doing four casts of it so that we keep the group small. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. So we're talking about this one little girl and like, oh, I think she'd be great in the adjective song. She's so cute. Uh, And I'm like, oh, yeah, she did. Her song was great. She did blah, blah, blah. And then the director's like, oh, funny story about her parents. They own this store downtown and, and he's going on. And then I go, wait, hold on. Was this little girl in my dance class I taught in the fall? And he was like, oh, I think she was. And I was like, didn't even know it was her because I've never oh seen her face. Gosh. It oh was the weirdest so feeling ever to be like, oh my I goodness. I just, was. I spent, I taught this child for three months with a mask on and then the auditions are all virtual. So I yes, saw her so face singing her and face. dancing and I had no idea. Isn't that strange? That's so, so strange. Bizarre. Wow. Times are weird, folks. Hey. Do you have a BS in education or you just like teachers or you used to be a teacher or you want to be a teacher or you were taught by a teacher? Then we want to hear from you. Um, Remember, we would love to hear from your parents if they have any funny teaching stories. You can relate them secondhand. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, email us at bsineducation2020 at gmail.com. Get them to call uh, 23473teach. Check us out on Instagram. We post stuff inconsistently. <laughs> Follow us if you follow us, um, you'll see us occasionally. Yes, but follow us because we put stuff, we put fun stuff on there. I think that's it. Thanks for listening, y'all. This has been a BS in education. Classes ended, time to go. Pick up your crayons off the floor. Classes ended, time to go. I don't want to see your face no more. Thank you for listening to ABS in Education. My tummy hurts.